1: Yo, what's going on, guys? Christy Flakes here. Welcome to Inside the NBA Mind. For today's video, we are going to be going into the mind of a New York Knicks super fan. So we have CP joining us from the YouTube channel known as Knicks Fan TV. He has about ten thousand subscribers. Also has an Instagram and Twitter account. But pretty much, like, if there's anything to be said about the New York Knicks, you want to go to his channel, guys, straight up, man. Like, this guy knows his stuff. They have a ton of great discussions over there. So we're going to bring him on, you know, kind of, like, ask him about this upcoming offseason, some of the big rumors going around, uh, some of the things from last season, some of the bright spots to look at. So before we bring CP on here, if you guys could do me a quick favor and please drop a like on this video. Help me get the 1,000 likes. Only takes a second out of your day. And, of course, man, um, it just helps the channel out so much. So here we go. We are going to bring on CP. And, all right. All right, yo, how's it going, man?
2: Yo, oh, Crispy Flakes doing good, man. How you feeling, bro?
1: Doing good. Um, so, yeah, we are here, of course, to talk about your New York Knicks. Uh, before we do that, do you want to, like, kind of tell people about yourself and kind of what you're all about?
2: Hey man, so CP from the Knicks Fan TV, uh, Knicks Fan TV is all about a community for the fans by the fans, uh, we primarily serve the fans on YouTube, uh, we do videos on Knicks News, Knicks Rumors, uh, documentary style videos and our biggest show is our post game live stream which is a live stream that we do after every game, after every major event. We take fan phone calls. We take fan opinions via all social network chats. Uh, We stream the show live on Facebook, Twitter,
1: Twitch. You you got it all going there.
2: We, we got it all going, man. So we, we want to reach out to the fan all over the world. That's a primary goal. And the goal is just, you know, one thing about Knicks fans is that we love to talk about Knicks. No matter how good or bad the team is, uh, we love to talk about Knicks. And, and that's what the platform does. It just gives the fans an opportunity to have an opinion, have their say on the team. And, you know, you can do this. You, you know, you have your ESPN radios and stuff like that where you can call in. But, you know, they're they're flooded with commercials. They might take five or so calls before they go to commercial. We're commercial free. We let everybody in before the show's over. We're we're on after the game, making sure that we we respond to every comment in the chat. And uh, you know, it, it's just much more inclusive um, of our global audience.
1: Very nice. Okay, so we are going to be uh, talking about some of the things from this previous season, this upcoming offseason, everything like that. Uh, how long have you been a Knicks fan for?
2: Listen, man, I've been a Knicks fan for over 30 years. years. (laughs) I just missed the Bernard King era. I was here for the Patrick Ewing era, the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, I've been a loyal, loyal, diehard Knicks fan for the last 30 years, man. and, And I've been through it all, seen it all from the good times to the absolutely terrible times, the embarrassing moments. Uh, the 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 terrible trades, the terrible draft picks, you name it, man. So it's the biggest off season of of our lifetime as Knicks fans, and and hopefully we uh, we we come through. Hopefully this management team comes through for us.
1: Right. Um. Okay. So last season you guys win seventeen sixty five. Obviously you know a tanking season because you guys have a ton of of a of, uh, cap space freed up this upcoming NBA off season. But looking back at that season, you know through all the misery and the losing and everything like that. What were some of the bright spots you kind of saw out there and some things that kind of gave you hope going into this next upcoming offseason and the NBA season? Yeah, well, no
2: doubt about it, man. It was, it was a tough season. I watched every single game as the host of the postgame show. I had to, and uh, 17 and 65, it was it was tough to to witness, but we knew what the plan was going in. so obviously it was hard to take, but you know the, the, in the grand scheme of things, the purpose was to get as high as a draft pick as we can. And, yes, the lottery rules have changed. But, uh, you know, knowing that we're going to pick in the draft between one to five is, is is a good consolation prize for a long season. On the positive side, I think no doubt about it, uh, I had to look at the three rookies that we got in, in the last offseason. I mean, going into it, you know, knowing that we got Kevin Knox in the, in the lottery, we got Mitchell Robinson with the 36th pick, uh, and we got Isozo going undrafted. There's no doubt about it that uh, – there's no other team in the NBA that came in with three first round grade talents uh, in in this last offseason between the draft and, and undrafted free agency than the Knicks. I mean, Kevin Knox, you know, listen, he had his ups and downs, uh, statistically speaking. One of the worst uh, rookies in the league when you talk about uh, real plus minus in the offensive and defensive end. Uh, when you talk about his usage rating, when you talk about his effective shooting, his true shooting percentage, um, he, he wasn't great. He wasn't great. But still, he, he had his he had his ups and downs. He had his highlights in December when he won rookie of the month. And I thought he still finished the season strong in the in month in the month of March and April. I thought he finished fairly well on both ends. Um, Mitchell Robinson was the story of the season. Nobody knew what this kid was going to bring to the table. You know, last offseason coming into the draft, I thought that uh, with that second round pick, I wanted us to to get a a big man who could, you know, rebound, block some shots, be rugged, play some good defense. And uh, Mitchell Robinson uh did more than that for us you know yeah I was, I was
1: actually uh hearing about him like there was rumors out there that he might actually try to like, expand his range out to the three-point line and i just keep on thinking like rudy gobert with a three-point shot like i think he's got that type of potential out there
0: a-
2: absolutely man i mean you know the, on the defensive end the defensive prowess was uh absolutely amazing finished second in the league in blocks uh, broke many Knicks rookie records and block shots, NBA records and block shots. If he expands his game, you know I'm not looking for him to 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 be Dirk Nowitzki out there. But right. if he can just make a defense honest, maybe a little turnaround jump hook, you know, a, a nice little mid range shot. If he can hit the three, so be it. But yeah, I, I think that would be a nice um, step in the evolution of his game. But would, would the, you lo- okay? the lobs are there, and the defense is certainly there
1: would you be okay if he kind of turned out to just kind of be like a DeAndre Jordan or Rudy Gobert, just a guy that, you know, cleans up on the glass and throws through shots back? Do you feel like that would be okay in this era of basketball?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, there's five guys on the court, you know, everybody can't be a shooter. Um, Obviously, in in this positionless basketball uh, style of play that the NBA is moving to, yes, you you still want to keep a respectable jump shot but I mean listen if he can impact the game the way he does on the defensive end catch a couple of lobs you know from a more than capable point guard that we have on this team I think his value is going to be golden for this team
1: going forward very nice Um okay so there has been some reports out there that the Knicks would be interested in trading away their uh, first round draft pick which is probably going to be Zion Williamson you know or of course a few other guys now, would you rather take your chance of the Zion, or would you personally trade away the pick if given the opportunity? And what type of trade package would you want for him?
2: Oh man, this this is a tough question, and and this is a question that uh, I've been you know hosting on, on my my live streams with the fans. You know, if we were to trade, first off, I, I need promises that we're going to fill those two max slots with right. one A, definitely Kevin Durant, and one B being either Kyrie Irving, to a lesser extent, Kemba Walker. If I know I'm getting those guys, I may entertain a trade for Anthony Davis, but that's the only player that would ever be worth that number one pick in Zion. Right Now, the issue is, is that salaries have to match up. So you're not just trading Zion for Anthony Davis. You're, you're going to have to trade Zion. You're going to have to trade Kevin Knox. You're going to have to trade Dennis Smith, Jr., uh, New Orleans might want uh Mitchell Robinson, who's a who's a hometown kid. You may have to put in other draft picks. So um the Knicks fan in me who's been so used to you know these type of trades going terribly where we're losing all of our youth and all of our flexibility, I might shy away from that and try to, you know, build with the Zion with those two max players. Right. Um, but it's certainly an an intriguing possibility, an intriguing idea.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's best just to go to Zion. I mean, he's obviously the talk out there and stuff. So I don't think the Knicks can go wrong either way. Like, I I do feel like they are going to draft the right player. And if a trade does happen, then they will get, like, Anthony Davis caliber player for him. So seems like it should be a win-win either way. But at the same time, you know, if the uh, pass is an indication, then you know mistakes definitely can happen
2: well the lottery's first man may 14th is is the first date of this important offseason so let's see if the, if the basketball gods will be kind to us and give us that number one pick
1: yep okay uh next let's talk some uh frank nilkina so we are a few seasons into his career do you still see him as a guy that can become something special for this team or do you feel like it's just kind of time to move on and give him a chance somewhere else or do you just feel like he's gonna fall out of the nba in general
2: French, Prince. Um, listen, there's no doubt about it that uh, Frank Nilaquina has had a lackluster tenure with the Knicks so far. He didn't really have the sophomore campaign that we had hoped he would have. Uh, certainly, you like the, what he can bring on the defensive end. And even at times on offense, he seemed to run an offense uh, fairly decent. But, you know, there was a lot that you didn't like about Frank. Number one is Durability. He only played about 40 games this season. Didn't stay healthy this year or last year. Uh, the shooting, um, terrible shooter uh, from, a, from a usage standpoint. Right. You know, he just never had that killer instinct that that you're looking for. Right. You know, you, you want a guy that's going to go out there with confidence. Confidence was Frank Nilakina's kryptonite since he's been here. And, um, you know, you definitely want to see that improve. I would rather see the Knicks keep him. Because I still think that with a talent infusion, I think that's when you'll truly see what he can provide to the team. And that's defense. Defense wins games. And, you know, like I said in the beginning with Mitchell Robinson, everybody doesn't have to be uh, the flash in the pan. Everybody doesn't have to be the high flyer and the scorer. You know, Frank Nilakina can play his role as a solid defender off the bench and maybe somebody who you go to rely on in crunch time to, to, to play the opposing team's number one guy. Um, then I think that that will be his role. And if it's going to be a specialty role, then so be it. But I don't see it being much more than that, you know, uh, a bench uh, defensive specialist going forward.
1: and I think it kind of shows, too, with, like, the uh, OKC Thunder, how much they missed Andre Roberson this season or, you know, how great Tony Allen was for the Memphis Grizzlies. Those just, like, defensive-oriented guys that solely do that, they can be difference-makers out there. I think Frank Milikino, he at least has a floor as that. So Or I should say a ceiling as that. So, yeah, I think time will tell. (laughs)
2: Uh, Absolutely. I mean, look at, you know, look at a guy like a Tony Allen, a Tony Allen on a team that is irrelevant or not competing. um, he, He means nothing to that team, you know, but when the team like when he was on the Celtics and, you know, he was that, that, you know, linchpin piece off the bench, that that's a solid piece that can really help a team turn the corner you know from a defensive standpoint so I think that's what Frank's role can be in the in the future and I I like to see the Knicks stick it out and and continue to develop
1: yeah I agree Uh, okay so um, a lot of NBA personnel are saying that the Brooklyn Nets would be a much more enticing spot for a superstar free agent to sign this summer over the Knicks so what are your thoughts on this and what would you say to like a Kyrie Irving or a Kevin Durant as a reason why they should sign with the Knicks over the Nets
2: I would say, listen, that is the biggest myth in NBA history. Do not be fooled. Listen, this, was, this is, is and always will be a New York Knicks town, no matter who the Nets have, no matter how successful the Nets will are, are to be. Uh, this is a Knicks town. And, you know, you know listen, give credit to the Nets. They, they fought hard. They overachieved and they made the playoffs this year. They ran up against a Sixer team that was way more talented and had way more experience, and the series uh, ended in that fashion, 4-1. to one. This is a Knicks town. It's about the brand. Okay? If Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant were really concerned about winning, then they would stay where they were, where they can make upwards of $50, $60, 70000000 million more. If Kyrie Irving stayed with the Celtics, he'd make $50 million more in one extra year of security and a better team. You know, let's say they go out and get Anthony Davis. That's a much better team than what we can put here with the Knicks. Kevin Durant, he could stay with the Warriors and go to the finals for who knows how many years straight with much more money. So, I mean, yes, it's about winning, but you want to win with with a particular team. You want to win with the Knicks. Right. Knicks, you're a rock star, you're a god. You know, and, and that is the allure. It's it's not just about okay, the Nets have a a nice core and they made the playoffs. That doesn't matter. You know, Jared Dudley was interviewed today. It's funny funny that you asked that question. Jared Dudley was interviewed today, and he admitted, he said, listen, the Knicks will always be the story of the town. Say, well, the Nets have the culture, the foundation, and then he said the practice facility. I said practice facility. (laughs) Nobody cares, right? No free agent is going to come in and say, oh, Knicks and Nets. Well, the practice facility is better. <laughs> right. So I'm going to choose the Nets. It's all about the Knicks, man. Right. Even when the Knicks go 17 and 65, the hottest story all of basketball all year long was about the
1: Knicks, man. Fair. That's enough. what it's always about. And, and And that's what I would tell these free agents. And they know that. So if there's any uh, Brooklyn Nets fans out there that want to come defend themselves against CP in the future, guys, just hit me up. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Hey, listen, uh, I, <laughs> I
2: have no no issues debating the Nets fan on this. They know it's true, and it's no hate. You know, listen, I I've never hated the Nets. When the Nets went to the finals back to back those two years, I, I wanted them to win. You know, I wanted them to win as the local team. But right. um, th- if this is a mixed town, you know that that's just uh, that's just what it is and what it will always be. Right.
1: Okay, um, so of course the big rumors out there is you know, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, you kind of alluded to that already. Uh, yeah. Who are some of the realistic free agents you see the Knicks getting this summer?
2: Well, realistically, I mean, my my wish list are the four Ks. It's it's Kevin Durant, it's Kawhi Leonard next, it's Kyrie Irving, or let's say the five Ks. It's Klay Thompson, It's it's uh, and to a lesser extent, uh, Kemba Walker. Those are the premier free agents in this class, and those are the only guys that I'm willing to shell the money out for for two max slots. Um, Other than that, I would just look for lower rung free agents to try to bring in here. Um, What the Knicks did do last year was they looked for some reclamation projects. Mm -hmm. They brought in Noah Vonley on the cheap, you know, a guy that was a former lottery pick who struggled since his um, rookie season to kind of find a fit in the NBA. You know, he had his ups and downs with the team. He had some highs in the first half and kind of fizzled in the second. They traded for Moutier last year. Moutier this year had his best season, best season of his career, uh, best season with the Knicks as well. Um, So, and they also brought in Hazonia who was also a draft bust so far and, and tried to kind of resurrect his career. Those are the type of guys who I would look for um, in terms of, you know, bottom rung free agents some guy, guys that are young, guys that um, can, can be versatile in terms of the positions that they play. A guy like a Jermichael Green,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, you know, he used to play for Fisdale in, in Memphis on the Grizzlies. He's a rugged power forward. He can shoot the three fairly well. He's a tough player. He can defend multiple positions. That's, a, that's the kind of guy, you know, if we, if we struck out on the top tier, I would look for somebody like that. I would also look for, you know, a, a Patrick Beverly may come available. You know, he's a guy that made five million dollars this year. Will the Clippers look to bring him back? Probably, but you know, he's a guy that if you do get your two max players and Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, he's a guy that I would want to bring in as a solid veteran who can defend, a tough player who knows what it, you know what it would take to succeed here. A uh, uh, Pat Beverly would be another guy, right? Um, lastly, you know, maybe even a guy like, uh, you know, like a Trey Lyles. You know, I, I know guys, Knicks fans will be like, you know, that this guy's not nothing special. But listen, he's still a young guy um, with with on, on Denver. He's a restricted free agent with with Michael Porter Jr. Probably coming back next year. Trey Lyles could be renounced and, and shake loose. And he might be a guy, you know, at, at 6'10". Um, who 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 can show who's shown to be fairly versatile? He could be a guy that you might want to bring in and continue to develop to see if you can you know maximize his value. Right.
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said too here. It's, it's like yeah, the team didn't play all that great, but just some of those guys like you were saying th- that would normally be a bench warm on a team. Just them having a chance to get that NBA experience and getting that real game time. I think there's a lot to be said about that. You know, like Noah Vonley and Mario. All those guys are better because of this previous season, despite the record.
2: Yeah, and, you know, that that's what I say. I mean, despite the record, um, these guys had their highlights during, during the course of the year and, and certainly had a fair share of lowlights. But, you know, those are the type of guys that I would look to bring in. um, it, it, Whether we strike out or not, you know, those are the guys that I would try to bring in. But the mid-tier guys like, you know, Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, Vucevic, I would stay clear of those guys. Yeah. I would stay steer clear of those guys because they're just not going to help move the needle much on this team. I agree with that 100%.
1: All right, uh, so let's assume that the Knicks end up getting you know Durant and Kyrie and Zion all this off season. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you do with guys like Dennis Smith Jr. and Kevin Knox? Do they become part of the rotation? Do you look to trade those guys for maybe some veteran pieces? I guess what do you do with them exactly?
2: DSJ, I would try to trade. Uh, the Knicks sorely need shooting. They certainly need uh, defensive help in the front court. Uh, maybe a veteran presence in the backcourt as well to to kind of back up Kyrie. So I if they get Kyrie Irvin, I would try to trade Dennis McJuny, absolutely. Um, okay. I'm not sure what his value would be. You know, he's he's on his second team in as many years, so I'm not sure what the trade value would be with him. He needs to also prove that he's durable. But I think if they're able to trade him for a, a solid piece, I would do it. Uh, the second guy you mentioned was Kevin Knox.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: Keep. Definitely want to keep Kevin Knox, let him get another year under his belt, another offseason under his belt to get bigger, work on his defense, work on his shooting efficiency. And I think um, as the overall talent on this team improves, guys that can help him get, you know, wide open looks, and hopefully you can knock them down this year. I, I think Kevin Knox should have a better sophomore season.
1: So do you see Knox being able to, like, still become a starter because, you know, playing that small forward slash power forward position, If Zion and Kevin Durant is taking that up? Um,
2: no, and if you're talking Kevin Durant and Zion, then you're going to have to try Zion at the three, Katie at the four, Mitch at the five. So, you know, you move Kevin Knox to the bench, but that's okay. Right. You know, it could still be a solid six man, less pressure on him, and uh, have him run with the second unit. All good.
1: Yeah, he's only like, well, like 19 or 20 years old. So it's like seven years when he's entering his prime. It's like he's not going to be a bench player for the rest of his life. Just yeah, exactly. for this. Matter. Absolutely.
2: So that, that'll that certainly help with his uh, development.
1: Okay. Um, so let's assume that Zion is off the board. I, I think I know your answer to this one right here. Uh, who would you like to see them draft?
2: <sighs> if Zion is off the board and let's say we have, you know, the second or third pick, See the thing is this is that with the draft being first, the agency be first, so that you can truly pick draft. Yep. B- because if I already knew that I'm not getting Kyrie Irving, then I'm one thousand percent going to go John Morant, point guard. Uh, I don't know if Dennis Smith Jr. can be that guy. Morant could be the floor general that we've been missing. Right. So I would, I would still go John Morant even if they get a Kyrie Irving to that. You know, if you got to bring him off the bench, if you ultimately got to trade him, you know, may, maybe, you know, maybe Phoenix gets one and they pick Zion one with the intention of getting John Morant too. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's a trade there where you could still get Zion um, and, and trading John Morant. But, you know, with this draft being known as being a top-heavy draft, I'm gonna take John Moran over RJ Barrett and and I'll I'll take my chances there when whatever happens in free agency happens, but at least I know I got one of the top players in the draft. Um and and that can still help my team regardless of what happens July first
1: so would R.J. Barrett kind of be like the third guy you're probably looking at in this case? I know really? like John ja Zion's kind of the easier, you know, easier answers out there, but, yeah. but after that it gets a R.J. Barrett.
2: I mean, you know, in, in this draft, I'm looking for a star potential, man. I'm looking for a star potential, and I think those are the three guys right now that have the biggest. It, it's Zion, it's John Morant, it's R.J. Barrett. So I wouldn't be opposed to, to bringing R.J. Barrett here. I know, you know, a lot of fans, certainly Knicks fans, um, aren't too high on him as I am. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think – one of the the problems is that we we look at these guys in college and to kind of evaluate what they're going to be as pros, and I don't think you have to be careful with that. You know, you can't just look at what a, a, a dude did in college against you know a bunch of players that likely won't be in the NBA to determine what their NBA uh, potential is going to be, because you just never know. There's a lot of factors that play into how good a kid can truly be, but I think with RJ. Um, I think he, he's well balanced. I I think he defends well. I think he rebounds fairly well. I think he moves the ball fairly well, um, when he wants to, uh, his shooting has to improve and his free throw shooting certainly has to improve. One thing that you can't coach is, is fire and desire. And I think that's one thing about RJ Barrett that I really like is his competitive will, you know, he never quits, he never folds. And, and I think if he improves on his shooting, he improves on his free throw shooting. he's going to be a good player when you pair him with, uh, with more talented players around.
1: Okay. Um, okay. Next question for you. So when it's all said and done, uh, what will the New York Knicks starting five be at the beginning of next season?
2: What will the Knicks starting five be? Yep. All right. I'm, I'm, I'll throw in a little wrinkle here because um, honestly, as much as the rumors say, uh, then the negative, the, Fan always say that these things won't be likely. So here's what I'll say: I'll say at the point is going to be Kemba Walker. At the two, this this is good question. <laughs> good good question. <laughs> This is this is a good question. At the two, I'm
1: gonna be surprised if I if I see you guys uh, sneak Kemba Walker away from the uh, Charlotte Hornets because I think they're gonna be throwing him a ton of money.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. It it does he want the money? The thing is with Kemba, it's like, do you want to come home or do you do you really want to tie your future to to Michael Jordan putting your team
1: together? Right. (laughs) You know what I
2: mean? If if you're choosing Jordan, then you're truly choosing the money. And if, if if you're choosing the win, then you're gonna come here. Fair enough. Let, let's go. Let's go. Kemba at the one. I'm going RJ Barrett at the two. Ox at the three. Kevin Durant at the four. At the five. That is my prediction starting lineup. Who was who at the
1: five there? He got cut off for a second. Mitchell, Rob, Mitchell Robinson, Robinson at, the five? at okay. the five.
2: So, what I'm saying is, I don't think we get Zion. I think we end up with the third pick. All right, that's your two guard. I don't think Kyrie comes. I think the Celtics end up trading Tatum and getting Anthony Davis, which keeps Kyrie in Boston. And I think we still get our two guys in Kemba Walker and Kevin Durant in free agency. So Kemba Walker at the one, two, Kevin Knox at the three, or Mitch Robinson at the five. I think that's that's the start of five going into next year.
1: All right. So uh, how many wins is that team getting? <sighs> I feel like that's probably. Uh, I mean, Anthony Davis and Kyrie is pretty deadly, but I think that's definitely like a top two or three team at least in the Eastern Conference.
2: I th- yeah, I think that can be depending on how you fill out the bench. Give me 50, 52 wins.
1: Fifty-two wins. Yeah. Then of course you got to, you know, if, if Kawhi is going to stay on, you know, in the Eastern Conference or go somewhere else too. So it really depends right. on how. Give g- g- me fifty-two
2: up to. wins, and I think that may be good for third or fourth in the East.
1: And do you see that team competing for the championship or do you think it would take a few seasons just due to like chemistry and things like that?
2: Well, I, I think, you know, it depends on, on how dominant of a team the Milwaukee Bucks can become because I don't think it's going to come out of Philly and Toronto. They always have that element of soft to them. Right. They don't really have that killer instinct to put teams away. Um. So I, I think it, it comes down to how, how dominant can the Greek freak become over these next few years and would, would, would Milwaukee become an unstoppable team? I don't see it. So, yeah, I, I think the East is attainable. Eastern Conference Finals.
1: Yeah, and anytime you got Kevin Durant, too, I mean, you know, you're going to make some sort of run out there. Yeah, uh, I mean, like I
2: said, if Boston gets Anthony Davis, that's a different story. Right. That's a different story. So, um, you know, certainly they would have to be considered the favorites, but
0: we'll,
2: okay. we'll see, man. Certain, Yeah.
1: Uh, so a few questions here, like outside of the current team, uh, just people were kind of curious about this. Uh, so what are your, what are your thoughts been about Carmelo Anthony? Kind of like how things have unfolded for him since he was traded away,
2: man, I got to tell you from Melo came onto the scene at Syracuse, took his team through the NCAA tournament and into the, into the league. He's been my favorite player. Uh, when he came to the Knicks, I, I was thrilled even though the trade wasn't to our favor, you know, I I blindly accepted it because I just wanted to see Melo in the Knicks uniform. And, you know, I, I rode with him through it. I think it's been tough, man. It's, it's, it's tough to see him not go out on his own terms. You know, when you look at the the pageantry that, that D Wade had, that Dirk Nowitzki had this season, you know, the accolades that they got league wide. um, I think Melo deserves that not because, You know, yeah, he didn't win a championship. But if you if you look at interviews from guys his peers during his playing time to LeBron to Kevin Durant, when they ask who's the toughest player you ever had to guard, the answer is unanimous Carmelo Anthony. He was one of the best scorers in the league at that time, probably second only to Kevin Durant. You know, they were neck and neck during that streak. So it's tough to see him not go out on his own terms. I don't know if it's an ego thing, if if he just can't adjust to, um, you know, a bench roll, because clearly that's what teams are looking for. I never thought the Rockets thing would work because him and D'Antoni never got along to begin with. So I knew that was going to fizzle, but I was surprised it
1: fizzled that fast, I guess. So
2: overall, his- dis- disappointed, man. I, I hope he-, he bounces back somewhere.
1: Do you think his style of play is outdated?
2: Is outdated. I, I think teams could always use a score off the bench. I mean, if you want to tell me that his defense is so terrible that you know he, he can't give you fifteen solid minutes off the bench, or you know, do, is he still a ball stopper if he comes off the bench? I mean, I don't think it's outdated. Okay, I, I don't think it's outdated. I think he can still play. Um, I, he just has to find his, his the right opportunity.
1: I agree. Um, okay, so. I want to talk a little bit about Chris Topps Porzingis. Porzingis, uh, just because, like, you know, you're a huge Knicks fan here. So, what were your initial thoughts about Porzingis being traded, and kind of what is your mindset now? You know, a few months later.
2: And I was stunned. I was shocked. I was disappointed. I was pissed off. Um, you know, that was our franchise
1: player. You guys, you guys love that man. I mean, Knicks fan would. They loved him.
2: <laughs> he embraced them, man. Yep. For, you know, forget about the people that say you booed them on draft night. Listen, that was a couple of people in the arena. That And it, and it happens in any draft by any team, you know. Uh, this city embraced KP. You know, KP brought the garden back. He, he electrified the garden when, when they were tough times. But all of a sudden, a week or two before the trade deadline, hear that. Oh, bold. In, in in one day, in that one day, at first it was like, well, um, KP intends to meet with management because he's not happy with the team. You know, just players do that. And then the next story that released was like, KP isn't for management, that he would like to be traded. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know Escalated. what I mean? Escalated. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, trade P, KP traded to the Mavericks. We're like, what the hell
1: is like, going right, on, man? What's up, Dennis Smith? <laughs>
2: Literally happened that fast where we couldn't even like understand what was going on. And did a live stream that night, man. We had over 1000 people tuning in Knicks fans calling in, expressing their opinions. Um it, I was disappointed, man. And I was definitely disappointed, but I think the overall consensus was that, you know, he didn't want to be here. he, Regardless of who it is, if, if a player doesn't want to be here, then it is what it is. You know, then he's then he becomes the enemy. Yep, you know what I mean? On. It's time to move on. So, you know, uh, there's three sides to a story. It's, there's a team side, there's KP side, and there's the truth. I don't think we'll ever find out the truth behind why he wanted to leave. Certainly there was, you know, um, the Phil Jackson situation. Phil Jackson and his camp and KP's camp didn't get along. Phil Jackson, as it was known, wanted to trade KP last draft, last off, not last off season, two off seasons ago. He wanted to trade KP to Phoenix, uh, trying to get Devin Booker and potentially uh, Josh Jackson. Fell through, and supposedly the KP camp didn't wasn't agreeing with it. You know, there's all kind of speculation as to why he left. But like I said, you know, bottom line, he didn't want to be here, and I think you know the Knicks management got the best deal that they could. I had all of their objectives getting some young players getting some draft picks and being able to trade Tim Hardaway Jr and Courtney Lee which would get them the ability to to sign two max players this off season so right. we'll we'll see how it pans out but I, I can't uh i can't knock the
1: trade okay um that is all the questions I have for you. Is there any sort of like closing thoughts or any you know last things you want to say about your team or about your brand or anything like that? Hey, listen,
2: just calling all Knicks fans, man. I, first off, I appreciate Crispy Flakes for having me on. Um, definitely got to get you on as well. You know, maybe when when the Knicks and, and the Pistons uh, clash this this season, next season, uh, we'll definitely do some some collaborating. But, hey, any Knicks fans that, that want to call in, express their opinions on the team, um the channel the show is open to everybody all opinions are welcome it's youtube.com slash KnicksFanTV. fan tv uh as you said i'm on the way to 10,000 subscribers man so need all the help all the support i can get from our fellow knicks fans worldwide definitely check me out man but crispy flakes definitely appreciate you having me on bro
1: no problem cp uh glad to have you on bro um uh, but yeah guys links to all this stuff in the description below so go check them out go-to place for knicks fans so yeah Thank you guys all so much for watching. As always, leave a like on the video, uh, subscribe if you're new to the channel, and peace out, my friends.